This episode of Friends Talking Nerdy is brought to you by the good folks at LRM Online. Thank you all for paying attention to our lovely podcast here. We hope you uh, enjoy each and every episode as uh, LRM brings it to you each and every week. What you're about to listen to is part two of our discussion on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you go to the Google Play Music Store, if you go to the iTunes Store, you can uh, download and subscribe to our podcast and hear the previous episodes. Each week, uh, we hope to post a new episode up uh, based on differing topics um, that 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 we end up doing so we hope you enjoy it um and here it is friends talking dirty for a thousand years i wielded the powers of the wish i brought ruin to the heads of unfaithful men i brought forth destruction and chaos for the pleasure of the lower beings i was feared and worshipped across the mortal globe and now i'm stuck at sunnydale high mortal child and i'm flunking math Your friends are nerdy and you are nerdy too. I want to talk to you. Friends talking nerdy. I mean, look, they're not going to go into the whole realistic logistics of things in the sense where it's like, you know, I'm sure the mother probably had life insurance. You know, she died in natural causes, so she, you know, they were probably able to afford everything to a point. I don't know. Um, well, they directly mentioned that, though. They, after the mother passed away, they had a scene where Willow was talking to Buffy about um, their finance, her finances being in bad shape and that she was broke, but then they never touched on it again. Don't they, doesn't she go through a series of different jobs and things in season seven? Doesn't this come back up a little bit uh, um, later on? I mean, there there is definitely more to it than that. But it definitely, like, for the sake of the convenience of the episode more than it is overall, like, story art. Well, season seven was when Sunnydale High School came back and uh, Principal Wood hired her uh, to be a counselor at the school, but he had ulterior motives. I guess his mother um, was the second slayer that Spike had killed in the 70s. Right, 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 right. Ah. Oh, I gotta love this stuff. Yeah. That's too funny. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, that, that's the thing. It's like sometimes that's what I, that's, so that's what going back to like, you know, what I was saying where it's like it's little things like that where it's like one minute, you know, they'll say, hey, you know, you're, you have no money. But yeah, it's like they don't somehow like they just don't bring it up again because it doesn't fit with the writing. I I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's my um, thing. I mean, if you're going to bring up something, have it be a consistent, because there there were so many things, so many storylines that they could have went to went through of Buffy trying to protect Sunnydale from vampires, but also worrying about eviction, foreclosure, money problems. There were th- things that they could have done that uh, would have made it a lot more interesting than it ultimately became. But yeah, any, any, anyway, one little side note on the master, the big bat from season one, that's played by Mark Metcalf, and uh, he was the ROTC leader, Douglas Niedermeyer, in Animal House. And he also was in uh, two Twisted Sister music videos. The, we're not going to take it, and I want to rock. So 
Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, now, season two, the big bads in season two are, I think, probably our collective favorites here. Spike, Drusilla, and Angel. Like the fan collective, like everybody's fan yeah. collective. Like the, this is what made Buffy Buffy, right? It, season two is when the show came into its own, and like the the best characters that, in in a lot of ways, just they stuck with the, the whole series, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they those were really See though, after he attempted to rape her, I, I, he, he's twisted. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Oh, and, like, and, and like Angel never did anything when he was had no soul. He didn't try to do anything bad. I mean, this is what I'm talking about: the fact that like while Spike had no soul, the fact that he was willing to make that sacrifice and to go. from the Wizard of Oz. I mean, he already had the soul back with the chip in, in, in his brain, but he had to have the big bad wizard give him that uh, give him that, that, that soul. I mean, I, 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 that's one other thing I had, I had about the vampires. I mean, why do they necessarily have to be bad? What is a soul? How is a soul defined? I mean, if you did, you know... <laughs> Does a soul mean you're going to always be good? I mean, there are people with souls on that show that not good people. And it, it, it was just nebulous how, how they wanted to say this person is going to start having, you know, second thoughts about his acts, but this person's always going to be bad. Well, I don't know. I mean, Spike is kind of the only one that kind of exists within this in-between state. The uh, only other vampires that they have rem- expressed remorse or things like are for each other. Uh, it's not necessarily for humanity. And I mean, is 
did Spike show any remorse and up until the chip? I think the question of what is a soul, and it was when he got the chip that made it so he couldn't be violent toward humans. Um, is that was that all that he needed to be able to feel remorse for things that he's done? I don't know if there's any other vampires that have existed within that kind of that kind of gray area. I think soul mean the lack of soul means bad, right? Well, but it's supposed to be, from my take on it, it seemed like having a soul is also being having a conscience, you know? So it's like the fact that they, if you don't have a soul, then there's nothing there telling you that you're actually hurting another person. Because, think about it, vampires, all they want to do is drink blood. So if you're drinking blood, you're hurting another living being. You know, if you have a, the fact that you don't have a conscious, like you don't have any sort of an idea that you're actually hurting somebody, or they're like in a sick, twisted way, they they're just getting off on it. Where it's like this is what they want. Sorry, <laughs> machine making noise. Um, so it, it's just. At its base, the uh, vampires are are a products of the humans that they were when they became vampires. Right. One of my very favorite episodes uh, was Fool for Love, which is in season five, and it's where we get uh, we get Spike's backstory as William the Bloody. We hear his bloody awful poetry. That's how he secured his name, um, and. <laughs> He's just this pathetic romantic, right? And so, uh, in getting, in getting that, we get a sense of who he was and that personality that ends up in Spike having a conscience or no, right? Um. Well, I know one person who, one character who kind of fits the bill of what you just described, Maura, um, is Spike's companion in season two, Drusilla. Drusilla was awesome. Oh my god, she was just so insane. You could not help but love her. The way, like, she just played that character, and to the fact, like, she just loved Spike. And I forgot how they ended off with her on the series. Did they kill her off? They killed her off on Buffy, but on Angel, they resurrected her. But uh, no, she. How did they resurrect? I don't remember. I don't think I got that far in Angel. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know. But I, but I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved, I loved how, how just, she, yeah, I mean, she was pure id. Just, just everything was fascinating, but in a dark way. And, you know, she took absolute pleasure in all, in all the pain she inflicted. Um, and the actress herself actually comes from good pedigree. Um, her father, Martin Landau, her mother, Barbara Bain, um, were partners on Mission Impossible. Huh. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, the reason why Drusilla is such a great character, though, was because that she was tortured up until the point that she became a vampire. She was driven mad by Angel, um, who, what, killed her entire family uh, or something and left her alive and tortured her. Um, so she was driven mad and then turned into a vampire. And so, like, what makes her such a great character is that mad self. It's gorgeous. She's great. 
but and but she played it beautifully. Like she wasn't like there was like no screaming. There was like there was like a calm, scary, psycho, <laughs> like um, almost like sexy kitten kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like oh, I'll take care of you while I peel your flesh away. It's all good. <laughs> Like, she, she was just awesome. It's like those type of people, like those are the ones you really have to watch out for. Not the ones that come at you screaming. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. glad I got that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> right, sorry. Yeah. Okay, but we have to talk favorite favorite episode of mine, which. Um, John had mentioned on Facebook. He also posted, which was one more, one more time with feeling. Yeah, the musical episode. Once more with feeling. Once more, once more with feeling. So it's funny. So again, here when they, I remember when they announced it that they're coming out with a musical episode. Here I am, like, oh, it's gonna suck. Like, no, don't do a musical. <laughs> it's like, really? Are you kidding? And. I, oh my god, I loved it. It was so amazing, and it's funny. So I am. Um, I was freelancing in this Broadway marketing place at the time, and one of the guys that worked there, because he was also a Buffy fan, he was able to somehow record it off the TV. Um, so he had all the songs. So he made me a copy. So I had it on. Um, so I, I had it on, on tape and eventually on my iPod at some point, which to this day, like, I never got that sound. When they finally came out with the soundtrack, it's, I don't know, I had a TV, actual TV version of it, and it's just so much better. Um, and Spike, oh my God, it's like, Spike, first of all, has an amazing voice, and I love the way, like, the songs that he sings, because he's just tortured by Buffy. Like the way he just loved her, and I think that's also the first episode at the end where they kiss. Mm-hmm. And boy, is it? Yeah. Oh. oh my god, that was so awesome! I remember watching that and being like, ah, "That was great." <laughs> yeah, I got the I got the soundtrack. The like, I remember I wanted the soundtrack the day it was released, and I was so pissed when I didn't get it that same day. I think I got it the very next day. Sophomore year in high school. That's embarrassing. But, like, I was really... There's so many good voices. Outside of Xander and Willow, like, I was impressed with the fact that all of these actors can sing surprisingly well. And these surprisingly, like, well-thought-out finished songs. It's just such a great episode. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, I don't... I'm sorry. Here's the thing that's funny, though, so because I, I actually, like, I remember them doing, like, on the news, they were showing, like, when the episode came out, I remember them, like, being interviewed and everything, and they even said, and I, I don't remember if it was Josh Whedon who said it, but one of them had said, like, yeah, it's like, not all of them have the best voices. Um, but they made it that, they, you know, they picked the music and they picked the... Um, the the levels the tone um, the pitches to conform to that like so that way they were able to actually sing it you know like Anya um, Kara um, Giles they all Giles Giles yeah they basically they're the ones who have the best voice um, and Spike yeah. 
So like they, that's like they, it's funny, like it, I love the one, the one song where Buffy is singing and they all come, like this is towards the end and they're like, quick, she needs backup. And yes. <laughs> and Tara is like basically they're just backup singing her, you know, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, but yeah, there's, um, there's this one little song, I don't know if you guys ever remember it, they're, they're walking down the street, they're trying, it's um, Xander, um, Giles, why am I, am I mispronouncing it? Why am I? No, it's Giles. Blanking on it? Yeah, I don't know why I'm blanking on it. Giles and um, Anya, they're talking, they're walking down the street and, you know, everybody around them is singing and there's this one woman who breaks into a song about yes. a parking ticket. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you know, Jason, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, is that on the soundtrack? I don't know if that's it actually is. in the soundtrack, but I... Okay. It is definitely in the so soundtrack. I think she, I think, is... She was actually... Oh crap, I'm trying to remember. The one who sings it, she's actually either one of the executive producers or... She was somebody who was actually behind the scenes, and somebody knew she had a good voice, so they put her in. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's super cool. Which, yeah, and I thought that was hysterical. And thing is, like, if you hear <laughs> the wording is really funny because, like, at the end, she's trying to seduce the cop, like, get, get trying to get out of the ticket. She's like, "Hey, I'm not wearing any underwear." It's like it's just really funny, <laughs> but it's like hard to miss. And you can miss it, but it's I, well, that episode is just. So well done. I loved it. I just I wasn't a fan of the Xander Anya song that I could have done without. Oh, I like the Xander Anya song. And really? in uh, and in season seven, when they give Anya's backstory after she becomes a vengeance demon again and uh, slaughters a whole frat, um, like there's that backstory, and it does a few different flashbacks to before she became a demon. But then it does a backstory to the, the musical episode, or a flashback rather to the musical episode, and she has this little extra song that is just so heartbreaking but shows how much she loves Xander um, despite the fact that he left her and uh, it's really great and sad and anyway. I will say my favorite character on the show, Anya Anya is rightfully. Yeah, she there's just unique, I guess. Um, you know, so confident in a lot of ways, but I think that confidence is hiding up lots of insecurity um, because as a vengeance demon, she didn't hang out in the world of humans. Now she's in new settings that she hadn't been in for hundreds of years, and it scares her. I mean, which, you know, it brings me to her performance in my favorite episode. I believe it was season five, The Body, where Buffy's mother dies. And um, it was near the end of the episode when um, Anya had a bit of a breakdown because she didn't understand death. She didn't understand why it had to happen. And then she ultimately ended up uh, crying and, and whatnot. But I think that was really well done. Well, her, her character was almost like a little kid being introduced to all these new things. So I thought that was really cool, like the way they made her, you know, like how how they developed her character. I thought that was kind of cool. Like even like the relationship with Xander, that was all I like, knew to her. Mm -hmm. You know, she, again, she, this was just something that 
it's just like a little kid discovering for the first time in his body. I mean, I thought it was hysterical. Like one of the songs that she sings is how she's what scared to death and bunny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was that the song? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like bunnies. Um, I don't know. It's she was an interesting character. I don't. She wasn't my favorite, but oh, that's I did like her. <laughs> yeah, that's Spike for you, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. Spike is great, and you know, it's 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 funny. Like James Marsters is just very interesting. Um, and it's funny we saw him. Tim, was I with you at the was that the birthday comic we saw him? No, he wasn't at the one we went at. Okay. No, I went to one of the ones in Portland and. He was there, and it was just kind of weird seeing him. Like, I get, I know he's not a blonde. I know he's a brunette, and obviously he was older, and he just looked like some random middle-aged guy. <laughs> 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 and I'm just like, that's not like. <laughs> uh, and the, and the voice too. Yeah, I know, and he's not British. He did it really well. I always loved him for that. Yeah. No, I know. But uh, it's a shame. I would have loved, uh, you know, after Angel, I would have put Justin in another stuff. I don't think he's really played in much. Um, he's he plays music. I know he's actually written a couple of Spike uh, comic books for Dark Horse, and he also um, I, I think he mentioned he has a band. But his band um, will open up for Nerf Herder when Nerf Herder is playing a concert, and Nerf Herder is the one that came up with the song for the show. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, yeah. interesting. Now, one person we didn't mention yet on season two that uh, I loved. Principal Snyder. Yes. Good old Ar- Armin Shimmerman. Oh, my God. I mean, he, trying to remember. He, he really did play him like Cork, but just with a bad attitude. <laughs> it was uh, essentially the same character, just a bad guy version of Cork. Yeah, he he had some of the best lines. He was definitely a great, a great uh, principal. Uh, to hate a great, like, little, small, real-world adversary to Buffy. Yeah, no, he, he was definitely, he was fun. There was another bad guy, I'm trying, I'm trying to look up, um, was that the mayor? Uh, the mayor yeah, in season mayor. three, yeah. Yeah, the mayor was a great, I, I really like the mayor as a big bad for season three. I love the mayor's personality. Like, got a great, great light sense of humor. I, he was, he was good. He, it was cute, though, rather than anything <laughs> necessarily dark that they've, um, gone in, in other, uh, seasons. Like, after season two, when everything was really heavy in the depths of, you know, Love between Buffy and Angel. Season three was very different tone from the Big Bad. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, I love the way he, the way he played it. That was that was good. I like the way. Because um, you know, not all not all villains have to be like. I don't, I don't know. Like he came across like a sweetheart. <laughs> 
like you know, it was it was like this is somebody's grandfather. And I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't a mustache-twirling villain. I mean, I like it when actors, uh, you know, take those, take the left turn when you expect them to take a right. Um, Reminds me of uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, Johnny Depp's character in the movie, Sands, was originally supposed to be played by George Clooney. And there was supposed to be a lot more swearing from that character in that movie, but Johnny Depp, um, even though the character does swear on a couple of occasions, he he reined it back, um, which which made that character memorable. And I think it's the same with the mayor—the fact that you, you know you did expect the whole "I'm going to destroy the world," and instead, you know, you got the guy—you know—you shouldn't use that type of language around children, type of guy. <laughs> I know he was. That was great. I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah, that season was three great. had a lot of great stuff in it. There, like I would say, season three had some of the first best standalone episodes that were like outside of the arc of the uh, story overall. Like uh, the wish when Cordelia wishes that Buffy never came to Sunnydale. <laughs> And we get to see Vampire Willow, which is great. Seeing Willow completely against type for her character. And that comes back again later as well. And the, that episode sounds familiar. I just can't, I, um, I can't remember it. Yeah, so Buffy never comes to Sunnydale. And essentially, Sunnydale gets taken over, or is, is overtaken with... Uh, Vampires and uh, the master even returns in this episode because the, the master was never killed because Buffy never came to Sunnydale in the first place. Uh, in the end, Buffy Dill still does come to Sunnydale at the very end of the episode, I think it was. And uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Then later on in the season, uh, Vampire Willow comes from that world. That was in that episode and comes into the real world. And so we've got two Willows. Uh, that was uh, Doppelgangland, which is also a great episode. And, and one I forgot in season two, Ted, with the, with the amazing John Ritter as the uh, robot. I hated that episode. Oh. I kind of remember that one, too. Yeah. yeah I really, like I said, I haven't seen these in so long. I'm going by memory. I just got done binge watching yeah, yesterday. John yeah, John, and I, I don't know, just, I grew up watching him on TV. I'm sure you did too, Three's Company and all that stuff. And No, I know John Ritter. No, I know you, I, no, I'm not saying you don't know who he is. Uh, what I'm saying is, I, I love it like halfway near the episode when he um, first gets damaged and then, you know, his head, he would turn his head and have a little like a Tourette aside. Um, but it, it reminded me a lot of, it reminded me a lot of Jack Tripper from uh, Three's Company. <laughs> he did a great job oh, in the episode. Yeah. It, it was definitely like it, it the standalone episodes of Buffy are the best and the worst of Buffy. Uh and I don't know, I'm, to my mind that's that's leaning on the worst. Not <laughs> the very worst though, cuz I do want to make sure that this gets mentioned is Beer Bad. I don't know if you guys remember Beer Bad. Oh, where Buffy turns into a cave Caveman? Yeah, Buffy mm. turns into a caveman oh, because she's yeah. drinking beer that turns her into a caveman. Oh, man. This is when she goes off to college in season four. Yeah, I was about to say that. So she's in college and hooks up with uh, Riley, right? Mm-hmm. And with that, another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy is in the books. Thank you all for listening. This is Tim Jowsma. Once again, 
If you haven't done so already, the show is available uh, to download and subscribe on the Google Play Music Store as well as iTunes. Um, we would love if you if, if you did that; it would definitely uh, help us out. And also, uh, feel free to leave a leave a rating for the podcast. We want to make this as best as we possibly can. So leave that rating and uh, let us know what we're doing right and what we can do to fix uh, the show. We want to make it a show that you love to listen to um anyway as always we would love to thank christopher lazarick for his wonderful theme song head to christopherlazarick.com for information on how to purchase his ep here's to you which is available on all digital platforms you haven't called not once you said you were over me and you just accepted that